Okay, so uh, we're answering the question, how do you be a good friend? Okay, now obviously uh, when we talked last week about what to look for in a friend, you should be all those things, right? Right. Yes, yes. Okay, good. Five of you are really here tonight. Um, but we, you should, when we talk about what you're looking for in a friend, you always should go, wait, am I being that? Right? If I'm looking for it, uh, but I'm not being that, then I am what we call a hypocrite, right? I'm holding people to uh, a standard that I'm not um, living up to. Okay, so tonight we're answering the, the, the question, though, how can I be a good friend? Throughout the New Testament, and the New Testament is, begins with Matthew and goes all the way to the book of Revelation, throughout the New Testament, you see, especially after the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see in the book of Acts, the explosion of the church. In other words, um, you see uh, the leaders, the apostles, uh, men and women called out by God to go and to take the gospel to these cities, uh, to these uh, groups of people that haven't heard the gospel. Um, and so they're going and they're spreading it out. And as they're doing that, and as people are responding to this gospel, message, and the gospel message is uh, what we call the good news. It's, it's the message of Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross uh, for our sins, and then resurrecting, having victory over sin and death. That's the gospel. That's the, uh, that's the work that Jesus did for you and for me. And, and so as they're sharing this message and people are responding to it, um, one of the things that, that you'll notice is, so what do they do next, right? Because, you know, in our day and age, if, if one of you says, hey, what does this mean or what should I read? Um, uh, I give you a Bible, right? And, and, and I say, here, <laughs> or you have one, uh, you have it downloaded or, or you have your own Bible or you ask, which Bible should I have? And then you'll ask, like, what do I read? What do I start reading first uh, in order to understand this decision and to understand salvation, like more and to, and to you know, you say, follow Jesus. Well, how do I learn what that's like? I'm going to tell you to, where to read in your Bible. Well, in those days, there wasn't a printing press. And so they weren't like, all right, who wants that? And then they had Gideon sitting out the door. Do you guys know who Gideons are? The old guys with the Bibles? You ever have those passing out at your schools? I did. They were awesome. And I didn't even need a Bible, but I took one because they were just like, man, um, respect, right? And, and so, but like they didn't have that. They didn't have that, right? So, so they would give a teaching and, and that, and then people would respond and they would literally like ask, so what do we do now? Right? Like, what does this look like? And, and what we see is a common phrase throughout the New Testament, and it's worded this way in uh, the ESV. In 1 Corinthians 11, 1, this is what Paul says to these individuals, these people that have responded to the gospel message. He says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. He says, okay, so what do we do? What does this look like? How do we move forward in this new relationship with Jesus? And he says, essentially, do as I do. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. And, and that's like, that's the message of the church. That's like, that's what they were saying. That was a common phrase uh, as the church was going and growing uh, and, and expanding. And I, that phrase, do as I do, imitate me, 
You guys, this is one of the most convicting and challenging questions that I can ask myself as a Jesus follower. If you call yourself a Jesus follower, this is one of the most challenging questions that you could ask yourself. If, 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 if someone came up to you and asked, how should I live now? Would you be able to say, imitate me, do as I do, live as I live, talk like I talk, love people the way I do, pray as I do, obey as I do? Like, I, I, like think about that. Think about the ramifications of that of being able to say that. Just look at my life and imitate how I'm living, how I'm treating people, how I'm walking, uh, how I'm navigating the cultural challenges. Just imitate me, right? And, and, and why is this question so challenging for us? Why does it whew, hit differently? Why do we want to avoid it? Because it challenges us to consider how our actions and words are influencing others, doesn't it? And that's uncomfortable. Okay, we like to think how, we like to uh, live in this lane of thinking, how are other people making me feel? What's very challenging about this is it's causing you to consider, wait a minute, how are my actions, words, how are they influencing other people? What am I actually influencing other people to do? Uh, when they look at me, do they see alignment with my message, uh, with, with my beliefs? Do they see alignment there, uh, or is it messy? Do they get a clearer picture of who Jesus is, or is it a more distorted image? And, and you guys, this is the root of so much confusion in Christianity. And the reason why I kick off this teaching with that thought is because it's that thought that forces me to ask a question that I don't typically ask myself. What's my life influencing my friends to do? What is my life influencing my friends to do? How is the way I'm acting and living and responding to God, how is that influencing my friends? Because a great friend is one who's influencing their friends to pursue Jesus. That's a great friend. So if I'm determined to be a great friend, I have to start with what? I have to start with my relationship with Jesus. What's convenient for us is we want to start with what's wrong with all of our friends' relationships with Jesus, right? But what this does is it causes me to first and foremost look inward and go, wait, where is my relationship at with Jesus? Because remember what 1 Corinthians 11 one ended with? Uh, he says, imitate me. How? Imitate me as I imitate Christ, he says. Okay, so you can't say the first part if the second part is not in place, can you? You can't say imitate me um, if you're not also imitating Christ. Okay, so you have to get that. So that's first and foremost. You have to start with that, and you've got to wrestle with that question. If you're going to be an incredible friend to someone, uh, that is a question you should be considering. Um, to be a great friend means to care more about others than yourself. Okay? Uh, sacrificial love. 
Uh, It's unavoidable in the Bible. (laughs) Absolutely unavoidable from cover to cover. Scripture says there's no greater friend than one who lays down their life for another, right? Jesus's words in John 15, 13, he says, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus didn't just say that that's what you need to do. Jesus also did that, didn't he? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, right? Um, and, and, and we look at all throughout uh, scripture as it talks about what Jesus did. In Romans 3, 23, it says, for all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. So he sacrificed for you and for me, right? That, that is the mark of, of what Jesus came to do, is to sacrifice his life to be a ransom for many, to pay that penalty, to be the sacrifice. You could never be for yourself. And so essentially what he did is he humbled himself, and by humbling himself, he elevated us in a way that you and I just can't even comprehend. And then he says, now you love like that. This is a new kind of love. And what he does is he models and reflects through the gospel that there is a new way that these newly defined people, uh, the church or his family, his body, as they're called in the New Testament, uh, there's a new uh, way that people are going to know that you belong to me. And it's going to be how you sacrificially love others, right? It's going to be through humility. It's not going to be through power. It's not going to be through authority uh, or coercion. Like it's, it's going to be through how you serve and actually elevate others. It's sacrificial. Uh, one of the things that you see also throughout the church is this theme being carried out by, uh, by the followers. Like uh, in Ephesians 5, uh, 21, uh, we, we read about this, this whole concept of dual submission within Christianity. Um, and, and in Ephesians 5.21, it says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Okay, so, so as Jesus followers, as, uh, as, as those who are going to be friends uh, and, and hopefully good friends, uh, he says, you are to submit to one another out of a reverence for Christ. Now, what, what does that mean, that we're to submit to each other out of reverence for Christ? What that is, is this continual posture that we take into our relationships, into our friendships, where we're putting the other person's wants and needs ahead of our own. That's what that looks like. Okay, and, and that, that should be present if you're going to be a great friend that should be present in your relationships. If you're gonna have a great marriage and you get married someday, you will not have a great marriage if that's not happening. Um, My marriage starts to not be so good when I am not living this out. And so this this is a defining characteristic. If you're gonna be a great friend, it is this willingness to sacrificially love someone else. In other words, placing their wants, their needs ahead of your own. 
Um, and, and I think one of the things too, where you really see this in play is guys, when you've got drama in your life, when you're having a struggle, when you're having a season and you all have had those, right? Uh, you've all had a term, a semester that you were just, man, you were getting destroyed. It was rough. Uh, maybe you had a really rough relationship and it ended. You were devastated. You're going through a difficult time, uh, right? Uh, or you're just grinding. You're just trying to get through. You're just trying to survive uh, and make it another day. And that's just how you feel. That's how, what you're telling yourself. And it, 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 honestly, it really, it's in those seasons where we really see if this is happening. Because it's in those seasons where, um, to be honest, I am the most selfish right? Like, like if I'm having a bad day, um, all I'm thinking about is how everyone else is making me feel bad, right? <laughs> if, if life's not great, I am consumed with everybody that's causing my, me to think my life is not great. And what this mindset, what this posture does it so differently uh, is, once again, it's considering others even before myself, so even if I'm having a bad day, it causes me to actually look at someone else, and, and especially when we talk about a friend, and, and notice a friend even before I'm consumed with everything in my life that I'm, I'm not okay with. So I'm actually engaging in a relationship, and, and, and I'm noticing where they're at, and I want to meet them where they're at, as opposed to how do I figure out a way to get them to realize how miserable I am, right? And some of you are really good at it right? You walk right into your dorm or your apartment and, and you just like throw your stuff down just loud enough so everyone knows your day was so bad. And then, you know, you make noises. We're working with that with my kids. It's the weirdest thing how they make noises like, Ugh, uh, like, and the worst is when you've prepared a meal and they sit down and look at it and go, Ugh. you just want to, man, I just want to kick, you just want to kick them. Like, you're just mad. It's just mad. Like, like you're going to eat that. You're going to like it. I don't like it. Yeah. You know, um, that is not sacrificial. That is none of the things I just talked about, but that is a real thing. Okay. It's a real feeling. All right. So. I just had it two hours ago. So <laughs> what we see, though, with Jesus is how he, I mean, you guys, like throughout his ministry, throughout his life, he's got a singular focus. I'm going to that cross. A singular focus. And, and, and this singular mission. And when you read his life, you guys, what you see over and over and over again are inconvenient interruptions. Over and over again. Whether it's, his, uh, whether it's his closest companions, his, his closest friends who just never seem to get it, who always seem to lack faith, lack belief, uh, lack awareness. And, and what does he do over and over again? He doesn't do what you and I do where like you're out of the friend circle. No, he takes time to correct them, to love them, to bring them back in, to teach them what's going on, all of those things. Uh, you look at the other interruptions. I mean, everywhere he went, people are saying what? Heal me. Heal me, heal me, right? Heal me. All the like hundreds, like people continually coming to him, and he's got a mission. He's he's like trying to go and, and accomplish all these things. And you see him all the time pausing, stopping, loving people, having more dinners than I can imagine. And I'm an introvert. So, like, for me to have dinner with you guys is like 
And Jesus, over and over again, communal, like dining with people, inviting them into his house, people that you and I would say, Jesus, they're going to slow down your goal. They're going to slow down your agenda. They're going to slow down your mission, right? But he makes time for him. He's walking into this town, and he knows this little short guy up in a tree, and he pauses, and he's like, hey, get down here, little fella. I'm going to your house. I'm going to have lunch with you. We're going to hang out. Okay, and he goes over to his house. I'm like, what are you doing? You are wasting your time. Like that is like just this waste of space individual who's ripped off all the chosen, like all the people. Like, like he's awful. And Jesus, time out. Everything, every agenda, all the people. He goes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang out with you. Inconvenient. And just all through his life, modeling this whole sacrificial love, sacrificial love, sacrificial love. I'm going to elevate people who don't deserve it. I'm going to elevate people. I'm going to serve people. I'm going to wash their feet. I mean, just over and over and over again. Um, we looked last week, uh, and there's podcasts, so you can listen to it, but we looked last week at, at Jonathan and David, probably uh, the relationship, friendship that you, you read more about than any other friendship uh, in scripture. And, and you just see over and over again how Jonathan modeled this to David, how he continually sacrificed for his friend, how he put his life on the line for his friend over and over again. He sacrificed to the point of his, his kingly position that he was in line for. He sacrificed that for his friend. And so the question you have to ask is, are you a sacrificial friend? Are you a sacrificial friend? When friendship stuff comes up, and it will, you invest in friendships and relationships, it's going to be drama, it's going to be all kinds of stuff. When that happens, where, what's the focus? Is it you? Or is it sacrificial? You know what's hard, too? Ah, Got to go back to Jesus, right? None of those people deserve that, did they? Like, none of them. Like, like I said, you read it and you go, why are you doing that? He's like, I'm modeling something different. And so, guys, I, I think one of the things that you have to get in your head is we're called to do this whether we think our friend deserves this or not. Whether you think, whether you think your friend, and maybe they have, maybe your friend is getting what they deserve, right? That's tough. You're like, well, I told you not to do it. <laughs> you did it. There you go. Um, right? But how, how are we at being a sacrificial friend? And the opposite is, the opposite mindset is, are your, or in your mind, are your friends supposed to sacrifice and just serve you? I feel like that's a pretty common theme for people is they hold their friends to a standard that they don't hold themselves to. And essentially what they're doing is I don't have to care about you, but the expectation is you're going to care about me. I don't have to drop all my stuff to be available to that phone call to be there in your moment of trial, but you better not miss mine. You better be there for me. You better pick up. You better not ignore me right? I mean, that's kind of how we treat friendships. That's stuff that I hear about all the time. And it's just so backwards. Do your friends in your mind or how you, by how you treat them, do they exist to reinforce whatever desires and agendas you have? 
right? Because that's, that's kind of how we treat them, right? You're going to be my friend because, and this is what we saw all through the last three years, is we found ourselves in friendships that weren't really like deep relational friendships. They were actually just, we agree and think kind of the same politically, uh, religiously. We, we see things kind of the same way. And so you naturally start to hang out with these people, but, but there wasn't like a deep connection in that. What was there? There was a common agreement. There was easy agreement there. Guys, a deep friendship is going to call you out of that, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to force conflict uh, between you. And, and so, and what that's always going to reveal when that conflict uh, happens is, is it sacrificial or has it always been about, they agree with me. They align with me. Right? And, and uh, like I said, unfortunately, that's revealed through a disagreement is when you really see where you're actually at with a friend. Uh, the next thing, to be a great friend, you need to be honest from a place of love. Okay, so to be a great friend, uh, you have to be honest from a place of love. Now, where is, how, does this, uh, how does this interact? How does this come out? Well, this, first of all, it sounds so basic, Right? Be honest. Okay, yeah, I can do that. Uh, but I find that we can't do it so often. It's consistently lacking. So what do I mean by this? It's being honest. First of all, it's being honest in how you affirm or encourage your friend. Okay, so first and foremost, it's being honest when you in affirm or encourage them. Guys, we give so much false encouragement, don't we? Yeah. Right? Or just false affirmation. Do you know how many pastors or people that wanted to be pastors I've talked out of being pastors? And, and people just like, you're the most awful person in the world. It's like, no, I feel like I'm, I'm going to be the person that says, no, I don't think you should just keep going down this road. Or, or I'll push back and be like, why? Well, uh, I don't know. So-and-so said I should do it. And I go, well, so-and-so ain't going to be there. But God is. And a whole bunch of people are going to be looking to you going, you're going to shepherd me? You're going to lead me? You're going to guide me? You're going to feed me? You're going to do all these things, right? Are you called to do that? I don't know. I don't know. Well, take some time. Like, you don't got to go do this. Like, like this is a big thing, you know? But, but it's like no one, I'm like, what? Has no one been honest with you? Right? It, it would be, it would literally be like, um, but like one of you coming up to me and going, I think I should be on the worship team. And, and I'm like, Really? And you're like, yeah, I can sing. Like, I can sing, sing. Like, I heard Zach. He's okay. I can sing, sing. And I'm like, wow, really? So let me hear you. And, 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 and you're like, okay, I'll send you my demo, okay? Um, and, and do they do that anymore? Do people do that anymore? Do you guys have demos? Oh, man, there it is. Dang it. Okay, what do you send? If, what, do, what is it? A what? A SoundCloud? I don't even know what that is. I know what the iCloud is. A SoundCloud? Okay, so, so you send a SoundCloud, whatever that is, and, and I listen to it. And let's say I listen to your SoundCloud, and <laughs> uh, man, I want someone to just show me what that is after this. Whoever you are, just come to me, okay? As a friend, sacrificially, treat me with love, show me what it is, okay? Um, so you send me your SoundCloud, I listen to it, and I go, oh my goodness, you're awful. Like, you're worse than me, and I'm not good. Like, you know, and so what do I do? Do I come up to you and just go, 
oh, you should totally join the worship team. Like, yeah. And like, why we hire Zach? Like, seriously, yeah, you're amazing, you know? And, and all of that. And it's like, we just throw you up there, right? And, and, then, and then you're leading and you're just, woo-hoo! And everyone is just like, right? Like, you know, um, someone better be honest at some point, right? I mean, you got to be honest with people in how you affirm. So there needs to be honesty. What you're encouraging someone in, you should be asking, is that honest? Is that truthful? Do you really believe what you're saying to them? If not, don't tell them that. You're their friend. They're listening to your advice. They're going to you. So, so uh, you know, in how you affirm, and guys, it is so, to me, oh, I don't like it. We just feel like, oh, we just affirm, 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 affirm. You're going to affirm them into the wrong area of life and, and be okay with that? That is not a good friend. So there needs to be honesty even in what you encourage them in, okay? Um, in, in, in fact, um, we're going through Revelation on Sundays. And in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, you see specific messages written to these churches. And it's so cool because not only do you see like brutal honesty and where they're lacking, you see real affirmation. Like you see, this is what you're doing well. Good job, right? And, and, so, and so that, but, but it's honest. It's something I can hold on to and go, man, that's the truth. Okay, so, so when you affirm, it's, it's, it's being honest in that. It's being honest in the feedback you give. And how you give feedback to someone It's being honest. You guys, there is so much power in the question, what do you think? I want you to just think about that for a second. When someone asks you, when your friend asks you, what do you think about this? There is so much power that they have handed to you, isn't there? Right? I mean, those are some big ones when they say, what do you think I should do? What do you think about this? What do, you, do, do you think I should take that job? Do you think I should go to that school? Do you think I should move there? Uh, like, like go, guys, those are the biggest questions, right? And you're being asked that. And, and so many of us lie. I'll just call it what it is. It's a lie when it comes to that question from our friends. Because what do we typically say when they say, what do you think? What do you think I should do? Uh, where do you think I should go? What do you think about this relationship? Typically what we do is we tell them whatever we think they want to hear. Don't we? Like, just let's be honest. All of you are just trying to not be honest right now. You're just, mm, I don't know that. Um, but most of the time, that's what happens. That's how we, that's how we answer. And, and, and so, guys, it's being honest when, when they are wrong, right? It, 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 it's, it's, it's being honest when they're living in a way that's harmful to themselves or to others, and it can also be the honesty has to happen when they're being dishonest with themselves or with others as well. Does that make sense? Like you need to be honest and help them see where they're being dishonest in their life. Okay? Because um, if, and this comes back to if I'm an honest friend, I lovingly, lovingly confront them when they're wrong. If I'm, if I'm an honest friend, right? If I'm not honest, I don't care that they're wrong. 
If I'm not honest, I just want them to be happy. If I'm not honest, um, I just want them to follow their heart. If I'm, if I'm not honest, um, you know, I don't think it'll work, but they seem to want to do it. Go for it, right? That's, that's me not being honest. Me being honest is saying, I don't think this is right for you. Me being honest is, I don't think you're in the right space right now, mentally, physically, to be making this kind of a decision. I think you really need to reevaluate some things, get yourself in a place uh, to where you can wrestle with this in a healthy way. Because right now, it sounds like you're about to make a reactionary decision. Guys, if I, I will do anything I can to keep you away from the ledge of a reactionary decision. Okay? And so, as a friend, though, that's going to take some honesty, right? That's going to take some, like, brutal honesty. That's going to take some confrontation, right? It's going to be, it's like confronting them when, like, you see them in the midst of this huge decision, and you can see they're unhealthy. It's like stepping into their life because you love them and saying, like, listen, Let's, let's just pause for a moment. Let's go grab something to eat and, and let's just talk. And let's just, I just want to hear what's going on. What's driving this? What's motivating this? You know, where are you at? Where, where's God at in this? You know, have you, have you even talked to God about it? You know, typically when I say, have you talked to God about it? People say, yeah, I've prayed. And I'm like, okay. So what was that like? Oh, you know, I don't really know. But I threw some out there, you know? And I'm like, man, like that, and you're gonna make a decision like that, huh? Like it's, 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 it's more, right? It's caring, it's being honest. And um, I, think, I think too, this, this comes to like, we gotta confront when someone's believing a lie. We gotta confront when someone's living a lie, right? You gotta be willing to lovingly confront. Uh, I talked last week about uh, Paul who actually confronts Peter and Barnabas. And one of the greatest confrontations that I've seen in scripture, and Ryan, don't worry, I'm not going to hijack your confrontation uh, talk next week, uh, I promise. But um, I do want to highlight this, okay? So don't use these verses. In 2 Samuel <laughs> chapter 12, uh, the situation here is David, and, and many of you know this. Uh, if you don't, that's okay. But David has just uh, done something that you and I go, this is unmanageable, right? He uh, ends up having this affair and has the woman's husband murdered. Okay. Uh, and he thinks he's gotten away with it. He's the king. He is the guy, right? Like, like he is Mr. Untouchable in that kingdom. Okay. Um, and, and then all of a sudden we read this and I'll read all nine of these verses. It says in second Samuel chapter 12, verse one, it says, and the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, there were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had bought. And he brought it up, and it grew up with him and with his children. It used to eat of his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his arms, and it was like a daughter to him. That's like cute, isn't it? Yeah. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guests who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, you are the man. You are the man. 
Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul, and I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if this were too little, I would add to you as much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? Man. So he tells him this story, and David is like, let's go get him. This man is a dead man. He says, you're it. You're the man. You're the man. I want you to hear this, though, the very beginning. What? Who was Nathan sent by? Nathan was sent by God to David. Nathan was sent by God to confront David. Okay, now they had a strong relationship. You guys, some of us are sent by God to be the one person who's going to be honest with a friend. Just some of us are going to be in that seat where you are going to be hand-selected by God to be the one to go and just be honest with them. Because so many people are unwilling to do that, aren't they? So many people. And, and in that situation, who else was going to be honest with David? Nobody. Nobody was going to confront him. Like, he just goes, eh, they're dead. They're dead. Like, like there's, no one's going to confront him. He thinks he's gotten away with it. And you guys, some of you have people in your life who no one else, no one else is being honest with them. Like, no one else is being honest with them. And you guys, we're so afraid. It's, it's awful how afraid we are of being honest. We're so afraid we're going to be accused as, as one who judges them. We're so afraid of, of being labeled, oh, I'm going to be called a hypocrite because I don't have all my stuff together. And, and, I, and, and we're like flooded with all of our shortcomings and why we can't say anything because of what's going on in our life, right? Or we're afraid that we're going to lose our friendship with them. Oh my goodness, they're, they're, it's going to be over. So what do we do? We just say nothing and we just go along with it. We just go along with it. Guys, that's not being honest. That's not being a great friend. And, and those biblical characters that I just mentioned, they confronted because they loved the other person and because they loved God even more. Right? So if I'm going to lovingly confront anybody, it cannot even, it's not even about them anymore. It's because of my relationship with God, because my relationship with God compels me to love them sacrificially. It compels me to be honest with them, right? Because if God is, if God is truth, like it's part of who he is, he's never going to lead you to be a great friend to someone in an untruthful way. Truth is always going to be a driver there. And so, and so that is uh, something that, that has to be a part of, uh, of a great friendship, that you, if you're going to be a great friend, you have to be honest with them. Guys, I'll tell you this. I've been doing this, man, for a long time. I, started become, I became a pastor in 2006. Man, that's a long time ago. And <laughs> wow. Uh, and uh, I'll probably think about that on my run tomorrow. And uh, man, and, and I, guys, Throughout the years, I have had people consistently reach out to me, people that mad at me, said things to me, said things about me behind my back, and I knew about it or whatever, and, and they have reached out to me consistently and just said, thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you. And you know what they say? 
Thank you for being willing to tell me the truth when I didn't want to hear it. I didn't realize it then. I realize it now. And they say, that must have been really hard. And I'm like, yeah, that was awful. I hated it. And what you said to me was awful too. <laughs> but, but guys, that's the commitment. That's the commitment. If you're going to love people, if you're going to love them well, then you got to be honest, even when it's inconvenient. And guys, being honest in a great friendship, it rarely is convenient. Um, it's often really hard, and it's really hard to have those conversations. But guys, at the end of the day, if you're not willing to be honest with someone, how do you look them in the eye and be like, I love you? Right? How do, how, how do I look my wife in the eye and say, I love you, but I can't be honest with you? How do I do that with my boys? Um, I just, there's no way. So I hold this characteristic really high. I try to live in a way uh, that honors that, that is honest with people. Because you know what, man? I want to work in an environment where people are honest with each other. I want to go to a church. I want to be a part of a church where people are honest with each other. I want to be in friendships with people who are honest with each other, who are going to be honest with me. Um, I, and guys, if my friends aren't honest with me, oh my goodness, that's when I start to drift. That's when I start to fall into things that I shouldn't. And guys, this is why one of the core values of our church at Ecclesia is to walk in truth. It's so important. It's so important. So what, what, what's our answer to how you can be a good friend? It's asking that question, right? What's your life influencing others to do? Can, can you say, imitate me as I imitate Christ? It's asking the other question, are you a sacrificial friend? Are you a sacrificial friend? And then lastly, are you honest from this place of love? Are you honest with your friends. Um, guys, is this all it takes to be a great friend? No. But I believe this is a great start.